You're listening to a message from Heritage Christian Fellowship in San Clemente, California. For more information, go to heritagesc.org. What I wanted to talk about, I wanted to focus on not what we can't control, because it feels like we have no control anymore, but I did want to focus on something that we can control. Initially, I thought, well, I'm, my first message should be something related to the disaster that we're going through. And I was going to have a message called Faith to Overcome Your Fear or to Trust God Through the Storms of Life. Another one was How to Love Your Neighbor During the Lockdown. And after talking to a couple parents, I thought, well, maybe I should add one in How to, why, how to Not Kill Your Kids During the Lockdown as well. But I really felt the Lord wanted me to speak to this morning on forgiveness. Yeah, forgiveness. Um, and it's one of those topics that are important to us throughout our Christian walk. Why? Well, because people hurt us. And when people hurt us, it hurts. And when we're hurt, we want to go out and hurt back. <laughs> but this is not what Jesus taught us to do. Jesus taught us that we need to forgive when people hurt us. And forgiveness is one of those difficult things to do, but it's essential to do it to guard our heart against bitterness. We've had a quote or like a saying around heritage for a while, and it's a really good quote, and it specifically talks about forgiveness. And let me read it here from my computer. It says, when we hold on to the offense, something inside of us begins to die. It's like gangrene for your soul. Even though you can try to push it down, and forget about it, it's still there, it seeps out. It impacts your health. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting your enemy to die. It's powerful, it's true, it's a good visual as well. But let's, before we go any further, I wanna define what forgiveness means. Forgiveness is relinquishing my right to get even when I've been hurt. Giving all the rights up releasing the offense. And if you look at the word forgiving, it's forgiving. So it's actually giving away of the offense and you give it back to God and let him deal with it. And also I wanted to talk about what forgiveness is not, because I think what it's not is as important as what it is. So first, first forgiveness is not pretending it didn't happen. You know, just saying, I'm just gonna deny it, put my head in the sand and pretend it never happened. No, it did happen and you have to acknowledge the behavior Call it out, name it, and be honest about it. So second, forgiveness isn't necessarily reconciling either. I know a lot of people think it is, but I don't think it is. And sometimes it's impossible to reconcile with people because you don't know where they are anymore. Perhaps it was a stranger. Perhaps the person passed away. You can't make amends anymore. Or perhaps they don't want to have anything to do with you or they refuse to to walk towards reconciliation. So forgiveness is not necessarily reconciling. And sometimes it's actually safe to not reconcile because the person's behavior is dangerous to you or to your family. I had a friend, Tim McDonald, in a newcomers group back in the day, and I remember he told me he had to cut off all relationship with his dad because it was dangerous for him and for his family. And another thing, forgiveness is not an emotion or a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. And forgiveness is a, not a one-time deal either. Normally, it's a repeat-as-necessary thing as well. So why do you need to forgive? 
you know, a lot of times we think it's my right to hold on to this grudge. They don't deserve my forgiveness. I will never forgive them. Have you ever heard that or maybe said that or even thought that? Well, Jesus used the story in Matthew 18 to explain why we need to forgive and what happens when we don't forgive. And that's found in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. So if you want to turn there, that's in Matthew 18, um, starting in verse 21. And let's read it. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. In other words, 490 times a day. What was Jesus really trying to make a point here? He was trying to say that we need to have a lifestyle of forgiveness. And then Jesus, um, and then Jesus goes into this um, story, and it's called the parable of the unmerciful servant. And there's like, it's a story with two parts, or like say two acts. So the part one, or act one, it starts in verse 23, and let's read it. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. In today's economy, that's about $100,000. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. So who are the players so far in this first part? The first player is the king who represents God. The second is the servant who represents us, you and I. And then we have the, the 10,000 bags of gold or talents of, of thousand talents. That is about a hundred grand. And that's our sin or debt to God that we can never, ever repay. And so what are our choices? We could get locked up to pay for our sins and never come out. Or someone can forgive us and have mercy on us. So what did the king do? The king had mercy on him and released him from all his debt. But first, what the servant had to do was the servant humbled himself, he fell on his knees, he asked for forgiveness, and he repented because he never said, hey, you know what, that debt is a mistake, that was my wife who made those payments, or, or my friend, or my dad. He, he, didn't make, he didn't make any excuses. He said, I will pay you back. He owned that debt. And so when you repent, you say, yes, Lord, I, I did sin, and I want you to forgive me. And the king took pity, canceled him de his debt, and let him go. In other words, in Christian terms, it was salvation. And can you imagine that guy's life after he got out of debt? You know, he goes home, takes off his prisoner clothes, hugs his wife, hugs his kids, eats a home-cooked meal, takes his dog for a walk. I mean, he is enjoying life. And that's what happens when you become born again, or you receive the gift of salvation from God, it changes your whole life. And your old way of life, your old debts are all gone. And give, the Bible says it gives you the peace that passes understanding. So if I, I would challenge you this morning, if you 
Having never accepted Jesus as your Savior, it's simple. All you have to do is humble yourself, ask God to have mercy on you, ask Him to forgive your sins, and repent, and follow Him and be a disciple of Jesus. It's simple. So then we go to Act 2, which is the, uh, which is the second part of this story, and that's found in verse 28. But when that servant, the guy who just got forgiven, went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And according to the message version, it said $10. So it's a little amount. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay me back what you owe him, he demanded. And then in verse 29, we saw this before, the fellow servant fell on his knees, begged him, and he said, be patient with me and I will pay you back. And he too, he was humble and he asked for forgiveness and he owned that debt. He said, I will pay you back. But what happened? He refused. The guy who just got forgiven of the $100,000, he refused to, to forgive this guy for $10. And instead, it says he went and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. I mean, wouldn't you be at the injustice of that? And went and told their master everything that had happened. And so you look at the man's actions who had been forgiven the 100,000 versus the king's actions. The king took pity and the man had no pity. The king canceled the debt, but the man was a stickler. He wouldn't even let $10 go. And the king let him go and then the man put him to prison, made his life miserable. And what happened after that? In verse 32, said the master or God called the servant in and this is what he said he says you wicked servant can you imagine getting to a place where god would call would say that to you you wicked servant well according to this if you don't forgive your brothers god will call you a wicked servant i mean doesn't that isn't that isn't that terrify you it really does. And then he's, he went on to say, he says, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And isn't that, the, isn't that what, what should happen to us? Because God forgave us. Jesus gave his own life on the cross to forgive us. And all he requires is for us to forgive others. And when we don't, he says we're wicked. And... There's some people think, wonder, does God ever get angry? Well, it says he was angry. And it says in verse 34, it says, In anger, his master, the king, God, so God does get angry. And when you don't forgive people, it makes him angry. It says his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. So it's interesting here there's two more character there's one more character who kind of comes into the picture it's called the jailer who is the jailer so the king is god the servants of is us the jailer in my opinion is satan or and his minions or the demons and when you don't forgive you give legal access for the devil to come in and what does it do it says to be tortured what does that mean well, that means that the devil is going to do to you what he does best to people. He, uh, he brings sickness. Some people are, 
I, I think it's, I've heard there are cases when people have unforgiveness, it brings own sickness in their life. Just like drinking poison and expecting someone else to, to get sick. No, you're the one who's going to get sick. And, or there's anxiety or fear, just no peace. You're tortured in the demonic realm when you don't forgive. It's really serious stuff. Um, so I think what I'm trying to say is when you don't forgive, according to this story, you will never really have peace. You will be tortured at some level. And the only way you could really have peace in your life is when you come to terms and you forgive those who have offended you. What does that look like in real life? Well, let me tell you a story again from my friend Tim McDonald um, that kind of makes this point. Um, his first wife, Doreen, she died when she was 40. She died from, um, it was uh, diabetes. And at 33, she got diagnosed with, it was juvenile diabetes. And at the time, they had two small children. And it was kind of a long, painful death for her. And first she had kidney failure, then she had to have some toes amputated, then she had a foot amputated, and then eventually her whole leg. And the last year of her life, she spent over 250 of those days in the hospital. And when she finally died, there was a sense of relief to Tim because his beloved wife didn't have to suffer anymore. So as the year played out, he found himself grieving and wondering why all this happened. He and his wife, they lived an exemplary life they had kids, small kids. It wasn't really fair that she had to die such a terrible death and at a young age and leave him alone and the children alone. And then at the first, an at the, the, the first year anniversary of her death, they wanted to do something special. So Tim took the kids to Mexico to release her ashes on a beach shack that Doreen loved. They had a quiet little ceremony and honored her memory. Later that night when the kids were in bed, Tim went to the beach alone and for an hour began shouting at God many of the questions he had. And these were mostly why questions. Why the suffering God? Why did you take her? Why didn't you heal her like I've seen you do to so many other people? Why do the children have no more mom? You know, have you ever been to a place where you had to shout out to God and ask him why? I think a lot of us have. Um, but Tim was there. And after shouting about an hour, Tim began to say, well, what is my choice? And he came to the realization, he says, I have no option but to trust you, God. And that's exactly what I'll do, he said. I will trust you. And he shouted it with everything he had. And he said, and then he told me, because he told me this story directly, he said, the craziest thing happened. He said he felt like liquid peace surged through his entire body, mind, and soul like nothing he had ever experienced before. And then he knew it would be okay. He said that he had no more questions or need for answers. It was like he kind of forgave God by simply saying, God, I trust you. Even though I'm kind of mad at you, I would have done things different. God, I release it back to you, I trust you. And you know what happened? Three weeks later, he met his seventh, second wife, Kristen, not seventh, second wife, Kristen, Two months later, he proposed. Four months after that, they were married in the same church that his wife, first wife, Doreen, was buried. So if you want to be happy in life, you really have to get this right. You have to learn how to forgive. When, like Tim shouted, what is my choice? Because we do have a choice. We can hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness, 
but that will only hurt us. And the only way to get free in that area is to forgive and to release them. So has someone's, someone come to mind as I was talking about forgiveness? Picture of someone, an incident that someone did to you or a name. Maybe it's a family member, friend, teacher, whoever. But I would say if, if that person came to your mind that maybe God wants you to do some business and forgive them or attempt to forgive them today. See, for, and you might say, you know what? I've tried and it's hard. But what I'm asking you today is to make a choice, do an act of your will to forgive them. And I'm gonna try to lead you into a forgiveness prayer. Choose to forgive them and God will begin the healing process. Um, and my challenge for you today is to, is to perhaps make a phone call after, after you listen or write a letter to someone. And if you're not able to get in contact with that person, spend some time with God, pray, and ask God to help you release that, to release forgiveness to that person. Say you're sorry. Well, you don't, maybe you don't need to say you're sorry, but, but forgive them. And if that's not possible, forgive them from your heart and release the offense back to God. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. Let me read it, and then you can repeat it. So this, it's a simple prayer. It says, Jesus, even though, fill in the name of the person, hurt me and it was wrong, I choose to forgive them and I release the offense that they did to me. I also want to say that I am sorry for being angry with you too, God. Please forgive me for that. Amen. Can we pray that? Let's pray. Repeat this after me. Jesus, even though, fill in the name, hurt me and it was wrong, I choose to forgive them and release the offense they did to me. I also want to say I'm sorry for being angry with you too, God. Please forgive me for that. Amen. Let me pray. Lord, I, I ask, Lord, that this message would have touched us and would begin the healing process, Lord, the, of the hurt that we've been harboring in our heart that's leading to bitterness. Lord, we want to have a soft and tender heart towards you. But Lord, when we hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness, it becomes wrinkled, old, and calloused. Lord, we, are, we want to return to you in every way and have a clean, pure heart. Give us the ability to forgive and heal us, Lord, as we move through that process, Lord, in Jesus' name. Again, if you need any help, please text me, call me, 949-842-7407. Happy to pray for you too, even about forgiveness or talk to you more about this if you'd like to. Until next time, on behalf of the wonderful team here serving Heritage, God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. We hope you tune in next week. For more information, go to heritagesc.org.